Welcome to Live, Love, Laugh with Asia Frazier, brought to you by Reach For It. Welcome to Live, Love, Laugh. I'm your host, Asia Frazier. Today we're going to reach into the core of the beautiful and all-around performer, Ms. Sophia Swanell. This podcast is brought to you by Reach For It, where persistence is key. Hi, how are you, Ms. Swanell? I'm just dandy, thank you. <laughs> how are you? I'm great, thank you. Now, before we start, I'm going to ask you a few questions. So, how are you living? And basically, this just means, like, are you thriving? Are you tired? Are you happy, excited? Oh, gosh, so many questions. (laughs) During this time, um, very interesting time for everybody. I mean, I've been really fortunate this year because I've, worked more than I think I have in years, both as a teacher and as a performer, which is very unusual for many performers and teachers at this time. But I, um, I've been teaching bar, ballet bar, for the last three and a half years, and all studios shut down in February. Oh, okay. So I reached out to all of my regulars and luckily I have a lot and started my own sort of online business, which took off. Thank goodness. I was so fortunate quite quickly. And I went to the country, the Lake District, which is about five hours north of London and taught from my living room there. And then I was incredibly fortunate to get offered a performing gig in the US where I was three months over the summer. And um, so I... I'm very, very lucky and very, very happy to be able to say that. And my family are healthy, as are most of my friends. So I can't really complain (laughs) during this period. I mean, it's been really tough, obviously, for a lot of people. And having to self-isolate has had its challenges, obviously, Um, and worrying about loved ones. But in general, I'm very... I'm very fortunate at the moment. Okay, so right now, what would you say? Who or what are you loving? Uh, well, I love my job, which is another very fortunate thing to be able to say. Or any other time, let's say, let's put it that way. So that's, yeah. And uh, this this year has been really special. Oh, uh, getting to perform in a theater during a pandemic where... Well, we weren't in a theater. We were in a tent because we obviously had to abide by all the um, all the rules in what well, was in New Jersey. So all the the rules that the mayor put forth to keep everyone safe. But it was just it was really interesting performing under those circumstances. And uh, I mean, when you're performing, you do bond anyway. You become a family very quickly. But it was a particularly strong bond with this group this year. So that was really special. And there'll be people I think I'm in touch with forever now. Yeah. That is amazing. Okay. And what is a reason why you smiled? Why I smiled? What just uh, now? Why you smiled today? Yes. Why I'm smiling today in this moment? Sure. In this moment, in general, what has made you content? Um, well, I'm content right in this moment because I'm with all of my immediate family, my brother uh, and my parents, who I'm very close to. And um, it's not very often the four of us are all together. So uh, we just had a really nice dinner. (laughs) (laughs) 
started watching a movie and, and that's something that always makes me feel really content. And um, a glass of bubbly as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, well thank you for asking so much. Time to time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna just right jump right into the heart of it. Oh, it's nine o'clock here, it's not <laughs> it's nine PM here. So oh wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before I say that. <laughs> so, when did your love for performing begin? I have no idea. That's an interesting question. Really, do you remember a force like dance that you had to do, or did you have to do a play in high school? Or I think I needed a lot of attention when I was a child. I had an insane amount of energy. <laughs> and, uh, like to the point where my parents wouldn't allow me to have sugar at all because I was so hyper. I would be bouncing off the walls. So that's initially why my parents sent me to ballet class just to get me, you know, get the energy out of me. So I get, you know, I'd be tired by the time I got home. And uh, it came fairly natural, naturally to me, fairly, I'll say, dancing and uh I guess, yeah, after a certain age, after doing it for a couple of years, I took an interest in wanting to go and see theater in London. And my father, again, I was really lucky. My father used to take me to the Royal Opera House. Wow. To see the Nutcracker every Christmas and and some of the bigger ballets when I was older and able to appreciate it. And uh, so I guess it stemmed from there. But I also loved, I remember loving like Madonna as a kid and Michael Jackson, you know, I was an 80s kid. And just thinking like they were just the coolest people I'd ever seen in my life, you know, performing on stage and doing all that singing and dancing. So yeah, I guess it all kind of stemmed from from there. I just couldn't sit still. I had to be moving all the time, doing something. Wow, I think that's so interesting. Because you know, you usually hear it's like, well, I just always wanted to dance or I just knew I wanted to act. It's just like, no, I just couldn't be still. So Apparently, I walked at like an insane age. I don't know what I was, how old I was, but I mean, my parents said people like the clothing, like the shoes they bought me were, you know, shoes that people buy for kids to wear as decoration. You know, when they're in a pushchair, I was running around in these East Side shoes already because I was, <laughs> I just couldn't, couldn't wait to get going. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. Let's do it. <laughs> So, which show did you do that made you think, wow, I can do this for the rest of my life? Um, again, I don't know if there's a moment I can pinpoint, because I didn't do a full show until I was at least in my mid-teens in ballet boarding school already. Oh, that's a lot of theater camps and stuff like that as a child, after school things, summer things, but we never did full blown productions that I can remember. Um, mm -hmm. I think I just loved being on stage. I'm trying to remember the first time I was on stage, actually. I think we did, I think in primary school, we did a couple of numbers from Oliver Twist and I played a boy, of course. I think I was the Artful Dodger. And I think I begged to play the Artful Dodger as well. <laughs> really? In the show, for sure. Yeah. And I think that was it. 
like just remember being on and again it's probably an attention thing i just loved all the attention i got when i was on stage i thought this is amazing this is brilliant bring it on <laughs> let's go <laughs> so what drew you to the character hmm? what drew you to the the boy character that you said i couldn't hear oh, saying who's the best character in the show him and fagin are my two favorite characters in Oliver Twist. I still stand by that. I mean, they are the best characters in the show. And so I was like, if I want to be, I'm going to be in it, I've got to be one of those two for sure. I didn't want to be uh, Nancy or the maid. <laughs> I didn't want to be the tragic character. <laughs> okay, but what made you want to become a dance instructor and own your own dance business? Oh, gosh. And owning my own business was never something I ever had in mind. Um, wow, okay. It, but that sort of just came out of the, the pandemic, to be honest, because we couldn't, all studios were closed. And um, I thought if I, I don't, I thought if I can do it on my own, why not? Right. Let's see. We'll give it a shot and see if it works. And, uh, you know, obviously if no one had signed up for any of my classes, I would have had to find an alternative. But... <laughs> Um, no, I was lucky, and you know, I guess like anything, when you're training to be a bar instructor, I mean, you have to obviously do the foundation fitness course, and you know, all the training that goes along with being a personal trainer of any kind, and then you know, you, you get into something that's more specific. And so for me, bar made sense because it combined my love for dance and my love for fitness, and um, and then when you get to that point then it's like putting your own flair you know so your class is very you hmm. and um you put your stamp on it and uh you know like anything again there are going to be people that people whether you're a great teacher or not there are going to be people that love your class and people that can't stand it you know because it's yeah. not for everybody but i think most of the people that take my class love the fact that it is very ballet based because a lot of bath classes aren't and it's quite intense too for a bar class like I really want people to sweat and work every muscle in their body and feel like they've had a full body workout by the end of it and again that's not for everyone some people have shown up to my class wearing a full face of makeup and I'm like <laughs> choice okay it's like it's what you want to do and they're not happy at the end of my class at all you know so it's it's you know it's not for everyone but it um yeah it's like anything i guess you just you kind of fall into your niche sometimes it takes longer than you want it to other times you just you're lucky um but for me it, it's just it combines a lot of my loves into one one thing wow do you have any students that just like make you want to come back like regular students as like hey you've been such an inspiration to me like i want to keep coming i want to keep going i love this you know oh, it's really sweet yeah that's the best part about the job that is the absolute best part about the job is when people do come to you with that kind of feedback like my the thing i tend to get more than anything else my two biggest things are arms and bum probably because I've always wanted to work on my arms and my bum, personally. I've always wanted a better bum, and I've always wanted more shapely arms. Always. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people, it's more abs. Like, I want a six-pack, you know. 
<laughs> right. I've always been like, no, I want gorgeous arms so I can like wear a strapless dress and feel fantastic and, and a bum. You know, who doesn't want a great bum? Let's face it. Um, <laughs> so I do always do a load of glute exercises and arm exercises, but it's always the bum that all my girls come to me and talk. Like, it's hilarious some of the things they've said to me. One of them said their husband, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. Suddenly, there's a peach back there. You didn't have a peach bum three months ago. One girl said that to me. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, it's always it's 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 funny comments like that. But it's yeah. I've got more comments on how people's bums have changed than anything else, and that makes me so happy. It's great. I just want to say thank you because me being um, a day, I love dancing. Dancing ugh, it's like one of my first loves. My dance teacher was like my world. I loved her. And I just know that you put in a lot of work and a lot of effort into your dance and being a teacher. So thank you for that. That's just separate. But thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So what scares you the most about your career path being a performer? Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Well, I guess it's just, it's, it's just always so uncertain, especially now. I mean, every theatre in London is closed, every theatre, and we have no idea if they're ever going to reopen. Wow, really? You know? But even before then, even before the pandemic, what, I mean, it's so just, What was the problem with it not being open? Was there just a lot of, like, not enough people coming, or was it financially? What was... Well, no, no, it's it's because of COVID. Oh, so it's all, okay. Well, at the moment, it's just COVID. Yeah, no, before that, theatres were thriving, thriving in London. Okay. Um, but even before COVID, it's just such an uncertain lifestyle. It is being a performer. And and I'm sure as you know, if you dance as well, you know, if you have a, a an injury, oh, uh, mm -hmm. that can be the end, you know? Or it's luck could run out. Suddenly, your look is no longer fashionable or your sound, your voice, you know, whereas two months ago, everyone wanted to sound like you, or you had the sound that was popular on Broadway or on the West End, and now that's yesterday's news. We're not looking for people who sound like that anymore. We're not looking for petite blondes. They're out of style. I mean, it sounds really brutal, but it can be that brutal in the industry, or suddenly you just look too old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's well, have you ever gotten any of those remarks do you remember a time where someone's like, well, you know, we were looking for you yesterday, but today, you know, we're feeling a little different. Yeah, vocally, I got that a lot when I first moved to America because I was trained in opera. I was a classically trained singer. And when I was in my teens, people thought that was incredible. This was when Charlotte Church was on the scene and it was very, it was, you know, to, to have a young girl be able to sing those high notes and be well-trained was, was amazing. And also to be a soprano as well. I remember in the late 90s for, for like a blonde, blue-eyed girl was sort of, it was a niche. It, it, I fit into that perfect box, like the Andrew, Julie Andrews type. And when I moved to New York, things were already shifting much more into sort of pop rock and things were a lot more edgy and funky and I was so not that. Right. <laughs> it just didn't come naturally to me at all. And... Uh, that was a that was tough. I remember going through so many vocal teachers who were just like, mm, 
yeah, your belt is terrible, your mix is, needs a lot of work, your vibrato is out of control, you have a lot of work to do. And I went from sort of always being told I sounded amazing to that, and that was hard. That was a really hard adjustment. And then also, I was a classically trained ballet dancer, and again, when I first moved to New York, everything was sort of much more tap and jazz. Right. And even when I did tap and jazz, I looked like a little ballet dancer. I just didn't have that kind of cool, funky groove that everyone was going for. So, oh yeah, for sure. And also, I'm really short. I'm 5'2". So that's worked against me so many times. You know, oh, we loved you, but you were just like half the size of everybody else, but we wanted to cast. You know, all, all the guys would have been towering over you that we wanted to part partner you with or, you know, and I'm not like one of those, I always, you know, envy the girls who are sort of five seven because they could kind of go either way you know if they were going for a shorter cast they'd be on the taller end if they were going for a taller cast they'd be on the shorter end with me no five two yeah so that that's yeah <laughs> oh my goodness that's you know i'm not skinny i'm i'm quite curvy for a dancer you know so yeah i life's a roller coaster for for everyone of course but i mean yeah for performers in that respect it's that is, wow, that is something to really hit you and to really think about, like, wow, I have to conform to yeah. everything that's going on constantly. You know, it's just like... And at the same time, it's, it is a bit of a contradiction because they always want you to be different and interesting so you stand out or unique. Right. But in the same breath, they, the type, the type is a word I'm so sick of hearing. You know, oh, what, my God. What box can you put you in? So it's... It, it, <laughs> Most definitely. I can see, I can, I hate being put in a category because it's like, I don't fit into a box. And I can really see that to like that too. Like, no, I'm just me. And I, I, I love that though. That me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. That's, thank you. Thank you. I'm just like, just thinking here thinking about that. Okay. So if you couldn't perform, what would you be doing? I don't have a friggin' clue. <laughs> that when my mind starts going there but it does sometimes because again performing can be a career that is over in an instant right it's an unfair world um i don't know i guess i have no idea i mean all, all i hope is if i do go in another direction it's close enough to performing that i still feel at home right if it's, it's a, 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 a another aspect of the performing world if it's not being on stage maybe something behind the scenes uh or something in the fitness industry i guess but even that is so physically demanding um i don't know how long that would last <laughs> but um i just i hope i'm always doing something to do with film or theater i hope because i can't see myself being happy or good at anything else really like really good but you never know life's an interesting journey trust me i've come to find out you know <laughs> well um an advice you would give to a young and upcoming performer oh gosh that's so hard i hate giving people advice <laughs> i really do because i feel like who am i to tell anyone what to do? you know what i mean yeah. I never wanted to listen to anybody's advice when I was a teenager, believe me. I, I knew it all. Um, 
Gosh, I don't know. It's hard. Okay. It's, oh gosh. What would you have to say about the competing aspects of performing? Because I feel like everything is a competition. It's That's like, you gotta be the best. You gotta be on the top. You gotta be on your A game. Yeah. Or you can get I think the more skills people can, can hone, the better at this point. Um, when I look back, I wish I'd learned how to tumble because so many people I know who tumble work all the time because it's it just puts them at, the, at one step above everybody else. Uh, so I really wish I'd learned to do that when I was younger. And that's something you need to start when you're very young, when you're fearless um, and you're, you know, a lot more... What's the word I'm looking for? I can't look at the word I'm looking for. Never mind. But uh, I think it's something. It's something that I would. I would. I would. I've wanted to do. And the other thing is, I tap dance. I was a tapper when I was very young, and I put it on the back burner when I started taking ballet more seriously. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had not done that. I wish I'd kept it up because tap is something that will never go out of style. There are going to be aspects. You know, tap was. You know. There are times when it's thriving and times when it's not, but it's never, ever gone out of style, Tap. So that's something I wish I'd kept up. But I think, yeah, I think the more the more things you can get under your belt, the more skills, you know, learn to, to play an instrument, that's another thing. Piano, guitar, anything, I think that really helps if you're a performer. Even if you're not fantastic at it, um, it's just another great skill to have. But again... I'm saying this, that's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, that takes time, it takes money. Um, work hard, my God. Don't ever think you're too good for anything. Just work hard because people are always gonna respect someone that has an amazing work ethic. No matter how talented you are, if you're a diva and a pain in the ass, people are not gonna wanna deal with you. And I learned that the hard way because I, I had my moments, I'm sure. So that's something I would, I would say to someone younger. Okay, okay. Yeah. What is your mission as a performer and a dancer as well? To move people more so than anything else. I never, I mean, we all want to be great singers, great dancers, you know, hit those high notes and people would be like, damn girl, you can sing. But if you can really move someone, you know, that is incredible. When someone watches you and then says, you know what, I forgot that was even you on stage. And you took me away from reality for two hours tonight. That is when you feel, I feel like I've achieved my job. I've done my job. As a dancer, as a singer, as an actress, anything. If you've moved someone, in my opinion, you've nailed it. <laughs> Maybe not every time, but if you've done it that night, that's a start. <laughs> So, another question off topic, but is it often hard to switch in between being a character and then like going back into like your everyday like of like, oh wait, you know, like you get stuck in character ever before? For the most part, I'm okay, actually, I don't. I'm quite good at stepping away. Although I just did cabaret and that one was a tough one. It always left me in a really weird headspace because it's such a dark show. Uh, and I wasn't a big role. I was in the ensemble and I played Fraulein Cost, but it was, yeah, it was just a very dark, you know, subject matter is 
pre-World War II, before the Nazis came into Paris. And we there's three different versions of the show, and we did the darkest version. Um, mm-hmm. So that often left me in a bit of a weird mood after the show. But for the most part, I'm pretty good at switching off. Okay, okay. So what has been the worst and the best parts of quarantine? Oh, gosh. Like, literally, when you're confined to a, an apartment. <laughs> yeah, right. So I can't count, obviously, doing the show this summer, because I guess that wasn't technically quarantine, was it? Um, when I, okay, when I was quarantining in, in the Lake District, the two best parts for me were spending some really quality, like real quality time with my immediate family, which I haven't done in years. Because I lived in New York for 15 years. I was in boarding school before that. And then when I first moved back to London, I was with a, my boyfriend living with him. So um, that was really, really like making up for lost time in a way for me. Um, and then just starting Swan L Bar in my living room. I had, it was awesome, it was so much fun. Uh, so those are probably the two best parts and the worst part is just sort of the anxiety of like just wanting to get out and see other human beings and I also like being a dancer and being a fitness instructor I don't like being confined to one space it it makes me want to pull out my hair so um, that was the worst part for me just wanting to see my friends in the flesh (laughs) not through the screen right (laughs) move my body outside outside of the house for me, that was the worst part. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way. Oh yeah, trust me, I can I can contest that. I, I hate it. I'm so I'm high energy. If you can't tell already, I just want to get out, like run, do something. But it's like I can run to the refrigerator and back. That's about oh my god, that was the other thing. I know. Talk about so easy to be overindulged. I ate and drank like like it was my last few months on the planet. Yeah. Oh my god, I put on my jeans at the end of it. And I was like. Whoa! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it's time to pull in the rain. Oh, that's oh, fantastic! Everyone <laughs> 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 felt the same way. It was hilarious. Everyone was saying we were just all calling it quarantine weight. What is that term? That's an American term you use for college years, like the year, the, the years you put on weight in college. There's a term I'd never heard, and people were saying this is the new. Weight is like the replacing the college weight term. I can't remember. Anyway, never mind. I think they said like the college fifteen or something fifteen. Like yeah, that's it. It's the college fifteen. That's exactly what it was. We're like, yeah. we're now saying quarantine fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. It was probably about fifteen pounds that I gained during quarantine. Oh my gosh! Tell yeah. me about it. Stop. Rips through my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> So what makes you, what keeps you motivated during COVID? What are some things or who are some people that keep you motivated during this weird time? Oh, probably my family again. Yeah, they're fight. I mean, my parents are both pretty much retired now, but I have an autistic brother and um, we're trying to, well, my parents have started a charity for him from scratch and that has kept them incredibly busy as you can imagine it's very hard work starting a charity that is so amazing though yeah especially at their age not that they're old but you know it's it's a lot of work um and just they're so inspiring to me and they're you know in the the process of finding him a property 
in the Lake District um, to live in a, with a couple of other young adults with Asperger's. So, yeah, I mean, if they can do that, it makes me feel like I should really be able to do anything. <laughs> yeah, so they're incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor talking to you. You are amazing. You're, I love your energy. Aww, Just so positive. You're a performer as well, then. I am. I, I want to act and model. So that's what I'm yes. getting into. Yes, yes. So we'll that road goes for me. <laughs> yeah, and best of luck with that, seriously. Thank you so much. That. And you have a beautiful energy Thank as well. You. I'm telling you that is half the battle as well. <laughs> I think when you're going into any type of industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Sophia Swano, and thank you to everyone tuning in. I hope you guys have a nice day, and until the next episode. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course.